From PQED in San Francisco, this is the Writer's Block. Hi, my name is Cheryl Strayed. I'm the author of Tiny Beautiful Things, Wild, and Torch. Today I'm going to read to you from my most recent book, Tiny Beautiful Things, which is a collection of the columns I wrote for a website called The Rumpus under the name of Dear Sugar. Anonymous people wrote to me, and I was anonymous for the first two years that I wrote the column. They didn't know who I was, and I didn't know who they were, but we didn't need to know because we were two humans really speaking the truth to each other. I'm going to read today the very first column I wrote as Sugar in March 2010. It's called The Known Unknowns. Dear Sugar, I dated this girl for a while only to reach the realization that she was a self-absorbed crazy. Last year, she and her best friend got into an argument, and they stopped being friends. My ex's friend called me up one night and asked me to hang out with her at her house. One thing led to another, and I ended up sleeping with her. A few days later, this former best friend of my ex tells me she's engaged. She wears this weird, short-haired wig while she breaks off our friends-with-benefits relationship. The thing is, I connected better with her in the two weeks we hung out than I did with my ex in months. Please help me figure out if I should never talk to either one of them again. I'm not a smart man, but I do know what love is. Gump. Dear Gump, I'd rather be sodomized by a plastic lawn flamingo than vote for a Republican. But as I consider your situation, I can't help but quote the former Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, who quite wisely said, There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. There are also known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns, the ones we don't know we don't know. Shall we start with the known knowns when it comes to your little triangular quagmire gump? A. You found your ex-girlfriend to be crazy and broke up with her. B. You slept with your ex-girlfriend's ex-best friend for a fortnight and felt connected. C. In spite of such connection, your ex-girlfriend's ex-best friend donned a wig and announced that she has no interest in continuing to sleep with you claiming to be on the brink of a presumably monogamous and eternal connection to someone else. Which brings us to the known unknowns. A. Why the wig? And if the wig, why the unnervingly short hair? B. Is the ex-girlfriend's ex-best friend actually engaged to be married? Or is this simply a grandiose ruse to shake you from her disinterested but chicken-shit tail? C. How can it be that so many people's ex-girlfriends are crazy? What happens to these women? Do they eventually go on to birth babies and care for their elderly parents and scramble up gigantic pans of eggs on Sunday mornings for oodles of loungeabouts, who later have the nerve to inquire about what's for dinner? Or is there some corporate rest home for crazy bitches chain in cities across the land that I am unaware of that houses all these women who used to love men? who later claimed they were actually crazy bitches. Lastly, there are the unknown unknowns, the things, Gump, that you don't know you don't know. A. You have nothing for these women. B. These women have nothing for you. C. And yet. D. 
And yet, E, you are loved. Yours, Sugar. This next column I'm going to read is the title column of the book, Tiny Beautiful Things. I wrote it one night in Washington, D.C. I was in a hotel room, and I'd come down with the flu, and I had a terrible fever. And I thought I'd like to do some work, even though I was sick, so I wrote this column. And it went on to become really the most popular column uh, that I wrote for The Rumpus. I uh, didn't expect it when I wrote it, but it it did seem to uh, touch a nerve. Dear Sugar, I read your column religiously. I'm 22. From what I can tell by your writing, you're in your early 40s. My question is short and sweet. What would you tell your 20-something self if you could talk to her now? Love, Seeking Wisdom. Dear Seeking Wisdom, Stop worrying about whether you're fat. You're not fat. Or rather, you're sometimes a little bit fat. But who gives a shit? There is nothing more boring and fruitless than a woman lamenting the fact that her stomach is round. Feed yourself. Literally. The sort of people worthy of your love will love you more for this, sweet pea. In the middle of the night, in the middle of your twenties, when your best woman friend crawls naked into your bed, straddles you, and says, You should run away from me before I devour you. Believe her. You are not a terrible person for wanting to break up with someone you love. You don't need a reason to leave. Wanting to leave is enough. Leaving doesn't mean you're incapable of real love or that you'll never love anyone else again. It doesn't mean you're morally bankrupt or psychologically demented or a nymphomaniac. It means you wish to change the terms of one particular relationship. That's all. Be brave enough to break your own heart. When that really sweet but messed up gay couple invites you over to their cool apartment to do ecstasy with them, say no. There are some things you can't understand yet. Your life will be a great and continuous unfolding. It's good you've worked hard to resolve childhood issues while in your 20s, but understand that what you resolve will need to be resolved again and again. You will come to know things that can only be known with the wisdom of age and the grace of years. Most of those things will have to do with forgiveness. One evening you will be rolling around on the wooden floor of your apartment with a man who will tell you he doesn't have a condom. You will smile in this spunky way that you think is hot and tell him to do it anyway. This will be a mistake for which you alone will pay. Don't lament so much about how your career is going to turn out. You don't have a career. You have a life. Do the work. Keep the faith. Be true blue. You're a writer because you write. Keep writing and quit your bitching. Your book has a birthday. You don't know what it is yet. You cannot convince people to love you. This is an absolute rule. No one will ever give you love because you want him or her to give it. Real love moves freely in both directions. Don't waste your time on anything else. Most things will be okay eventually, but not everything will be. Sometimes you'll put up a good fight and lose. 
Sometimes you'll hold on really hard and realize there is no choice but to let go. Acceptance is a small, quiet room. One hot afternoon, during the era in which you've gotten yourself ridiculously tangled up with heroin, you will be riding the bus and thinking what a worthless piece of crap you are, when a little girl will get on the bus holding the strings of two purple balloons. She'll offer you one of the balloons, but you won't take it because you believe you no longer have a right to such tiny, beautiful things. You're wrong. You do. Your assumptions about the lives of others are in direct relation to your naive pomposity. Many people you believe to be rich are not rich. Many people you think have it easy worked hard for what they got. Many people who seem to be gliding right along have suffered and are suffering. Many people who appear to you to be old and stupidly saddled down with kids and cars and houses were once every bit as hip and pompous as you. When you meet a man in the doorway of a Mexican restaurant who later kisses you while explaining that this kiss doesn't mean anything, because much as he likes you, he's not interested in having a relationship with you or anyone right now, just laugh and kiss him back. Your daughter will have his sense of humor. Your son will have his eyes. The useless days will add up to something. The shitty waitressing jobs. The hours writing in your journal. The long, meandering walks. The hours reading poetry and story collections and novels and dead people's diaries and wondering about sex and God and whether you should shave under your arms or not. These things are your becoming. One Christmas at the very beginning of your 20s, when your mother gives you a warm coat that she saved for months to buy, don't look at her skeptically after she tells you she thought the coat was perfect for you. Don't hold it up and say, it's longer than you like your coats to be, and too puffy, and possibly even too warm. Your mother will be dead by spring. That coat will be the last gift she gave you. You will regret the small thing you didn't say for the rest of your life. Say thank you. Yours, Sugar. To subscribe to the Writer's Block and hear more stories, visit kqed.org slash writersblock. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED.